feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, and boy, some very stark warnings today from the FBI Director Christopher Ray. I was watching the testimony on Capitol Hill, and boy, was it eye-opening to hear the current director of the FBI, who sometimes kind of lowballs the security threat, saying that he has not seen a threat level like this since ISIS. And that this is one of the most dangerous times, essentially, in American history. What I found stunning, guys, is he still won't say close the border. And in fact, every time he and others, like Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, and also, uh, you know, there were others like Mayorkas, of course, the Homeland Security Secretary, whenever they were asked by members of Congress, well, wouldn't it make sense to close the border? It was like, well, we remain vigilant, da-da-da-da-da. Well, what about closing the border? Well, we remain vigilant. They kept going back to their old talking points. It is such a dangerous and tenuous time in this country. And of all times, we should not be having a wide open border. It is downright scary. They estimate anywhere from 8 to 10 million people have come through our southern borders. The Biden administration is not going to tell you that, but those who have been on the front lines of the border crisis are saying 8 to 10 million have entered the country under this president. So how concerned are you at a time where clearly things are really heightening over there in the Mideast? Everything that's happening with Israel and Hamas and, of course, the Iranian attacks. By the way, there was another uh, drone attack on a U.S. air base In Iraq, on Al-Assad Air Base, that brings the total up to 27. So the hits keep coming from Iran. They clearly are not getting the message that the Biden administration simply says, don't, it ain't working. The don't is clearly not enough of a deterrent. I could have told you that. But in the middle of all this, it is just a very dangerous time. Even look at the homeland. There have been all these protests of late. As we know, there was the big one at the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, Tulane University, Columbia University with the professors chiming in, Cornell University. I'm glad they finally arrested somebody. The governor of New York announced an arrest, thank goodness, because you have to clamp down on these people and you have to clamp down early. You can't do it, you know, three months in and say, oh, gosh, we should have done it before. But the White House seems to still be playing a little bit of word salad with the protesters, too. Because every time they're asked, they're like, well, you know what? Well, would you condemn them? Do you call them extremists? Well, I'm not really sure. They're like trying to figure it all out. In fact, I want to play this exchange. Uh, This is cut number one. And this is with Corinne Jean-Pierre and Peter Ducey. This is at the White House where the Fox News correspondent for the White House there, Peter Ducey, was asked, you know, look, you call, uh, you know, those who like President Trump, you call them extremists. Uh, you sometimes have called parents extremists and a whole bunch of others extremists. If you look at the history of 
DOJ and FBI. But yet, uh, wouldn't you call these protesters, many of them who are pro-Hamas, visibly pro-Hamas, wouldn't you call them extremists? And listen to her answer. Take a listen to this exchange. Does President Biden think the anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists? What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and be uh, and be very clear about that. Remember what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017 when we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile anti-Semitic uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then and he's very clear now. Uh, he's taken an actions against this over the past two years, and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of vile and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric. So that wasn't a really clear answer on are they extremists. She never said yes or no. She doesn't want to say it because it is a political time and the presidential campaign season's in full swing. And here's a little bit more because then he asked again, and there was a reporter, I think it was a different one than Peter Ducey, but asked the question saying, what about these attacks on Jewish students and others across America? And again, listen to this convoluted answer. There are very many angry Muslim Americans right now who, who feel like the president isn't listening to them in their appeals for a ceasefire. What is your message to this group of Americans and what efforts have you made at outreach to this group specifically? So a couple of things. Look. What I can say is this, the president uh, knows that Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate number, uh, certainly of hate-fueled attacks, right, as we talk about what we're seeing here. Um, And so he also understands that many of our Muslim, Arab-American, and Palestinian-American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. And so leaders at every level of this administration will continue. We're going to continue to engage, engaging with the Muslim community, the Arab American community, and Palestinian American leaders to hear their concerns, right, and also uh, to hear their feedback on how best uh, certainly to combat uh, the discrimination, the hate and discrimination uh, that they're seeing as well. And so she continues to go back to Islamophobia. And answers that first. And listen, nobody by any means is espousing hate of any group. There shouldn't be of either group. But the question was, what about who are protesting against these, you know, the Israeli response after they were slaughtered? I mean, let's be clear. Israel was attacked. 1,400 people were killed. Babies were beheaded. We know that women were raped and brutalized. They still have 240 hostages. The number keeps going up and up. And they're not supposed to respond. And and anybody who criticizes saying they, you know, have no right to respond or I love Hamas, uh, that's not a concern for security, especially those that have had the chance. You know, I've seen reporters come over and go, "Uh, won't you condemn Hamas? They've gone over to these college campuses Don't you want to condemn the brutalization, what they did to women and children? And in some colleges, it's like a trick question. It's not a trick question. Uh, Do you believe in evil or not? You know, do you support evil or not? I mean, it's a pretty easy answer. And for some reason, a number of these protesters out there are like, well, you know what? 
uh, people have a right to respond certain ways or do things. It's like, no, no, no. There is no justification for what happened to Israel. And in fact, Israel is still dealing with the propaganda war because, as we know, many of these Hamas tunnels are under big facilities like hospitals. And there was a strike today on a refugee camp. Well, guess what was below the refugee camp? One of the main Hamas centers. And Israel says they had to hit it. They kept telling them to clear. They kept telling them to clear. Get out, citizens. Get out, citizens. And finally, they said we had to strike because we got intel that one of the senior Hamas leaders was there. They claimed they killed him and a whole bunch of others. And the tunnel system was right below the refugee camp. And they said it wasn't as packed as, of course, the Hamas and the Palestinian media are putting it out to be. So they're dealing with not only the physical war, but they're dealing with the propaganda war. And then we have on the other side, we have the American administration seems afraid to criticize any comments by even anybody in their party. They're afraid to really scold these protesters that are just saying some of the most vile things and saying, you know, from the river to the sea, basically Israel shouldn't exist. Some are even cheering Hamas with signs saying, you know, Hamas are martyrs. We love you, Hamas. Some are threatening death to Israelis. I mean, it doesn't get any more vile and despicable than that. So it's pretty clear who's the good guys and who's the bad guys here. And yet they won't even condemn the protesters and they won't even condemn Democrats in their own party. Some members of the squad have been just insane with some of their comments. Corey Bush, for example, and listen to this exchange. Here is John Kirby with Dana Bash on CNN, and she's talking about Corey Bush, who's been out there uh, saying all this anti-Israel, vile, despicable stuff. And yet, for some reason, again, the administration can't figure out how to condemn it. Listen to this. John Kirby, I want to ask you about this, uh, the fact that this war is really dividing uh, the president's Democratic Party. Today, Congresswoman Cori Bush tweeted that Israel was conducting an, quote, ethnic cleansing campaign, and the U.S. was funding, quote, atrocities against Palestinians. As a key spokesperson for the Biden administration, what's the administration's argument to this Democrat about why I, I'm sure you believe she's wrong? Well, the congressman can speak for himself and his views. Obviously, we would take a, a significant issue uh, with those assertions. The congressperson can speak to their views, and we would take exception. But let's move on, because we don't want to criticize even those pro-Hamas candidates in our own party. And this isn't a Democrat issue. This is an American issue. I would say, my goodness, if I ever saw a Republican or Democrat or independent, anybody, I don't care what political party they are, how could you be out there shouting pro-Hamas views? It is stunning. And this comes at a time where so many of our U.S. troops are being put on standby. We know that hundreds of them are already there in Israel helping, they say, you know, in theater not necessarily with the fight, but with intel and a whole bunch of other things. We've heard that some generals are over there also helping to advise in terms of getting the hostages. There are still at least 10 American hostages. So we certainly have a lot of interest there. More than 30 Americans were killed on that strike on October 7th. So this is a time where we really all got to come together and support our military and support America and support Israel. 
And by the way, later on in the show, we are going to have great patriotic singer Dave Bray, who is going to be talking about a very special event that he and I are both going to be a part of honoring the military and honoring their families. Uh, I'm really honored to be a part of it and thrilled to be doing it with the great Dave Bray, also Renee Wagoner, and so many other great folks, also some of the folks from the Orange County Choppers. It is going to be an amazing event, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. We're going to give you a whole bunch of details about our great event, which is called Salute to American Heroes, which I'll be one of the co-hosts for, and Dave Bray is going to be joining us in about, uh, about 15 minutes or so from now to share some details about that and his love of the U.S. military and love of the USA. Meantime, what can we do to clamp down on hate on college campuses and across America? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. of love many of you know i take calls from all over the world we had a call last night from aaron who was on the front lines who had just left gaza he was part of the israeli defense forces talking about how tough the fight is but the morale of the israelis remains high and speaking of love you know i also love sports and i love the new york jets and we have somebody interesting calling in now uh, the great Mark Gastineau, who was part of the New York Jets and so awesome and joining us here on the show. Go ahead, Mark. I read that. Oh, don't do that to me. Don't, don't, don't build me up just to let me down. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, Rita, I am the one that listens to you, okay? Do you understand me? I love your show. Thank I really, you. My wife and I love your show. Well, I want you to know you are like one of the greatest sackers ever. I'm telling you, you know, you know what you're doing there, my friend. So I'm honored well, to have you on. Well, I'll take that compliment because I I consider myself one of the, uh, I'm not going to say one of the best, but I would say that I was one of the top sackers in the NFL. And but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Rita, we're talking about what you love. And you love America. This is what we're talking about. And I love America. And you know what, Rita? It's really gone to hell. It has. You know, it has. Why, Mark, what do you when you look at it, how troubled are you? Because you think about I think about in your incredible playing, you know, years, um, you know, and you and I know how much you love this country, too. It, it breaks my heart, Mark, has to know. Rita. You know, people talk. You know, those who believe those who receive, he gave the right 
to become children of God. A child of God is not somebody that goes out and kills people. A child of God is a living child of God. A child of God is someone who believes in Jesus and who believes in the Lord and who believes and receives, okay, the right to become a better person. Somebody that kills people. I don't care who you are, Rita, and you know it, okay? I love Greg Kelly. I watch Newsmax. My wife watches Newsmax. We love everything that you guys talk about. And you know what? The thing about the the thing about it is, is like, I made a life change. I made a life change, Rita. And ask me what my life change was. So what was it? Because clearly, um, you clearly are a faith-filled man. And and I, you know what I love? I, I agree with you, Mark. To me, it is a good versus evil. This is a moment where good people need to stand up. Amen. Amen. And you see... It says in the Bible, it says, you take one of mine, and I'm going to take 10 of yours. 1,000%. Now, Mark asked, you know what you got to do? You got to call us back again another time, because this is so beautiful to hear from you and to hear your heart. You got to, will you give us a call back tomorrow night or the next night? I'd love to hear more of your thoughts. I sure will, and I got to say one thing. Joe Nolan has a uh, a package for me, and I sent him a, a NFL jersey. Well, what? Hey, Mark, do me a favor. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure we pass that message. We got a hard break here, but get I'm gonna tell jersey. him. Oh, actually, get that do, hey, Mark, to him. get that jersey to him. That's well, all I have. To well, have. get it from the great Mark Gastineau. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, a very powerful story coming from Forney, Texas, where deaths and injuries were reported, sadly, in Texas last weekend as flash flooding remained a serious threat throughout the weekend. Now, given the massive impact of the floods impacting the area, three police officers from that area have now been evaluated and released, thankfully, from a local hospital after a brief submersion during a critical water rescue. How scary is that? 
It happened around 10 o'clock in the evening, and the Forney Police Department and Forney Fire Department were dispatched to a vehicle in the water on the north road just off the highway. Now, during the rescue, three officers became submerged for a short time while saving an individual from her vehicle. Thankfully, the officers were able to successfully rescue the woman who did not receive any injuries requiring immediate transportation to the hospital. However, it just shows how risky it is always for our law enforcement because the three police officers involved in the rescue did need medical care and were in turn transported to a local hospital for evaluation and observation. They were reported in stable condition prior to their release from the hospital. But it just goes to show that every day is difficult when you're in law enforcement and every day could be very, very dangerous. But amazingly, they saved the woman and thank goodness they are now out of the hospital. Well, you know how much I love patriotic music and you know how much I love our military and our veterans. Our next guest was definitely born in the USA, and he is a rock and roll patriot. He sings the national anthem like nobody's business. He's also a U.S. Navy veteran. And most of all, I am thrilled that he is going to be a part of what's going to be a star-studded event that I'm going to be hosting. It is taking place this weekend in Clearwater Beach, which is right around Tampa, St. Pete. It is the Salute to American Heroes Celebrity Benefit Concert, and it is all for our veterans. There are going to be so many who's who there. Paul Tuttle Sr., who's with Orange County Choppers and American Choppers, will, of course, be there. Also, my co-host for this great event is former Green Beret, Nate Boyer. Um, And there's going to be some incredible singers, including our next guest, who loves America and is red, white, and blue. The great Dave Bray joins us now here on the Rita Cosby Show. Uh, Dave, I am so excited to be with you for this incredible event. So you got to give us a little background. I know that uh, that you're a military guy. So where did you get start this love affair with America and, of course, our military? My gosh, Rita, that's quite the introduction. I appreciate that. Thank you so very much. It is, uh, you know, it's it's obviously it's in it's in our hearts you know we're born it's in our dna if you're an american it should be in your dna to love the country and the freedom that we have here um you know i grew up small town america and and rita thank you for emceeing this event the salute to american heroes this is going to be such a great event again it's coming up uh 5 p.m november 4th it's it's at the occ roadhouse in clearwater um i just want to give give the website real quick occroadhouse.com occroadhouse.com you want to find out information or get a table or a vip package to meet us but yeah uh you know my name is dave bray i go by dave bray usa in the social media psycho circus that's going on out there so if people want to find out more um but i you know i i was the singer for madison rising when they first started i don't know if anybody remembers that band or not sure who doesn't remember band. that band come on dude yeah we did, <laughs> we did this rock we did this rock rendition of the national anthem that i put together anyway long story short um i'm out on my own as dave bray usa now and i just you know i'm i'm waving the flag proud 
and singing as loud as I possibly can for this country and for the men and women who gave the, uh, you know, who give their service and sacrifice to it every single day. And Dave, you know, talk about your service to in the military because you're a you're a U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, where yeah, did you yeah, serve? Give sure. us some background because you know what it's like being there on the front lines. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was a Navy and a Marine Corps guy, so I crossed over. Um, I was a combat medic for the Marines. They don't allow Marines to do anything but destroy things. So they call in the Navy guys to come put things back together. And when it comes down to the medicine side of, of the Marine Corps, they hire Navy people. So I was an FMF corpsman, combat medic, a devil doc, uh, some people call us. Um, but, yeah, long story short is I served with the sniper teams out of Camp Lejeune, 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines. And, uh, you know, still have some really good friends that, that are finishing up their service now. But, um, you know, it was just an honor to serve. I was in Operation Assured Response in Liberia, Monrovia, Liberia, um, on the embassy duty there. So just just a, a, a great time of my life as a young man. And it really taught me a lot about what, what it takes to, to keep America going and the service again and the sacrifices of, you know, these young men and women giving their best years of their lives so that so that, you know, others and ourselves can be free. And then you became an awesome singer. Your solo career took off, right? It was an album, uh, Music on a Mission. It debuted, by the way, Not Shabby, uh, number five on the iTunes rock charts. Um, a, why, when did you realize uh, not only can you serve your country, but, uh, boy, you can serve a great audience and serve a great song? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Music on a Mission, was. it's about patriotism. It's about faith. Um, you know, instead of getting just a regular album of songs and music, you get, you get my narrations. I bring you into the songs with what was going through my mind when I was writing them or composing them. And I, a lot of people say that's the biggest like faux pas you can ever do with music is to tell people what you were thinking when you wrote it. But these songs, I wanted people to know that these are these are pieces of art that are created for men and women who have again, paid the ultimate sacrifice, our, our brothers and sisters in blue, like the song Last Fall. Um, you know, it's, it's, I want people to understand that these songs are for them. And so these narrations that go along with my music on a mission and uh, my second album, Too Far Gone, which debuted at number one on iTunes, uh, Rock Charts. So listen, I've, I've had a lot of great successes, and I'm looking forward to bringing my music down to the OCC Roadhouse again, November 4th, uh, Clearwater, Florida. Um, you know, if they want to Come on out. We got Jimmy. We got Jimmy Allen's going to be playing. Crossfire Creek is going to be playing. You got Nate Boyer. You got Rita Cosby is going to be on there. MC in the house in the day and OCCRoadhouse.com. OCCRoadhouse.com to benefit Oscar Mike Operation Healing Heroes. People want to find out more. OCCRoadhouse.com. And by the way, you left out also Paul Tuttle Sr. Now he's of course uh, the dean of the OCC of Orange County dean Choppers. Yeah. By the way, you know what I didn't realize? I just talked to him. Um, I years ago when I was on NBC, I did a ride with him on his motorcycle, which was very very fun. Um, and then oh, I was reunited. I had him on my show uh, last weekend, and I didn't realize he was a member of the Merchant Marines. Uh, during yeah. Vietnam, which is so cool. So the, the, the guys from the Orange County Choppers and OCC Roadhouse, where, again, this great event's going to be this Saturday, they love the military. They really understand, especially the guys who went through Vietnam. Uh, you know, I, I get so angry when I see 
folks who don't understand how important our military is. Forget the politics. Forget it all. Um, you know, our folks are there. doesn't matter who the commander in chief is. They go because they love America and they want to protect and serve. And I wish the people, of course, from Vietnam, uh, when they came back, I wish that they had gotten huge ticker tape parade. I, I wish I had been a journalist back then. I'm too young, as you know, Dave, to have been a journalist back then. But if I had, I would have been hugging every single one of them when they got when they came home. Um, but I feel like it, it's uh, they really appreciate and understand how important it is to recognize our military and not just while they're serving, but after they're serving, because some of these great charities that we're helping, uh, of course, with the magazine yeah, Lifestyle, with Renee Wagner and all those guys, they understand that it the battle doesn't end when you leave the battle zone. It's afterwards, too. My goodness. Amen to that. And, you know, there's listen, there's a there's a million different nonprofits uh, that are out there for people to support. But um, I've worked with Oscar Mike and, I, you know, all about uh, Oscar Mike means on the move. OM, um, And it's about getting, you know, these wounded heroes back on their feet again. And I love I love Operation Healing Heroes as well. These are some real deal organizations doing some amazing work for for wheelchair-bound people and obviously people dealing with some of these invisible scars uh, post-service. And uh, this is not just a – I wish it was just a rock concert or just an enjoyment afternoon, but it's more than that. Again, you're going to hear from some from amazing uh, speakers at the Salute to American Heroes on November 4th at the OCC Roadhouse. You're going to hear Jimmy Allen. You know, he's going to be one of our entertainers, Crossfire Creek. I'm going to be performing, of course – um, and OCCRoadhouse.com. I just need you guys to show up there and check out the website, find out more information. There's other events going on, but this one, Salute to American Heroes, is important. November 4th, 5 p.m., OCC Roadhouse. I want to see some people from Florida down there, Clearwater, Tampa area. Let's do this. Absolutely. And and by the way, we have a lot of listeners from that area, too, uh, Dave. We've got so many great, and I think the audience on the Rita Cosby Show is probably the most patriotic audience out there. They know how much I love the military, but they do, too. I have, I think, the greatest patriotic audience. And again, everybody, uh, come on out if you're in the area, of course, in Clearwater um, or also Tampa, St. Pete, that whole area there. You know right where it is. It's the OCC Roadhouse And I will be there. It is next Saturday night, and I'm going to be with the great Dave Bray, USA Rock and Roll Patriot, um, and so many others. And again, for these two great charities. Also, go online and find out how you can help these great charities, too. Or if you want to buy tickets for friends or for veterans, and also VIP, because we are going to be doing like a good VIP hour where people can meet um, not just us, but I think the great VIPs, uh, veterans like you, Dave, and, and so many others. Those to me are the real VIPs, those who've been on the front lines. You know, before I let you go, Dave, too, I think, yeah. I think about how important this event is. Cause this event, um, Renee Wagner, of course, with the magazine Lifestyle has been working on this tirelessly. She is just, she's an amazing woman. And she has been working on this, you know, for a long time when you plan, especially the first big inaugural event with all these celebrities and who's who. But now the war has happened. Of course, the Ukraine war was underway, but now um, Israel and we have troops headed there as we speak uh, to the Middle East. Um, it's it's a tough time, as you know, and, and that's why I'm thinking, you know, like now to me. Um, supporting our troops and appreciating what they do, fighting for freedom, defending freedom around the globe, whether it's, you know, in Europe or whether it is now in the Middle East. 
Um, it, it is it is so important, I think, more than ever, don't you think, given what's happening in the world, to come on out and show support for our great men and women. Exactly. I mean, and, and you know, you, you, you go back to the Vietnam guys who are being spit on and deserve to take or tape parade. And you look at where those you look at where some of those people that were spitting on, they came from the colleges. They're the, it's the same. It's the same crap that we're seeing today. Uh, with these pro-Hamas, you know, people that are literally waving a flag of, of, of a terrorist out there. You know, it's it's a, it's just crazy for me to think about what's happening here on our own soil. And while we have our brave men and women storming in yet again to come save the day and back up and support our, 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 our people over there, you know, our men and women are our allies among this face of evil. And here we are. America to the rescue and our our brave men and women, you know, 18 to 18 to 30 years old, they're giving their best years of their lives to chase into war and and to do what needs to be done. And, and, you know, we still have the we still got these college kids that he's waving, you know, waving the flags and spitting on the cause. It's just it's crazy, but it's America. And so you got to choose a side. You got to get people out there to support these guys, these men and women. They they want to know that what they're doing is being supported at home. And uh, again, it's going to get nasty. It is going to get nasty. I, I'm afraid here as well as there. Um, and you know, we need to choose sides. We have to get our heads right. We have to get our American flag put back to where it needs to be. And that's on top of all the others. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a time to stand for freedom and stand for good and evil and stand for, I think, the gutsiest people in the world are brave men and women in the military who now some of them, you know, heading over to the Middle East to some tough spots right now. It's a tough place in the world. And boy, do they need our love and support while they're there and again when they come back and also appreciating their families, because I know a lot of what these two great charities do also support their families. Again, everybody, we are hoping to see you out there. Uh, me and the great Dave Bray USA and so many others. Again, it's this Saturday. Uh, there is a big VIP hour. It starts at five o'clock Saturday, November 4th at the OCC Roadhouse in Clearwater, Florida, OCCRoadhouse.com. And Dave Bray, I can't wait to hear you sing the anthem. You're going to bring tears to my eyes, but I can't wait. Oh, I'm going to belt it out for you. And then if anybody's ever heard me sing a national anthem, they will know one thing. It comes from the heart, and it goes out to every brave man and woman who has ever paid the price for our flag and for our freedom. And I sing it that way every single time. It's not about runs. It's not about showing off. It's about giving your essence to the flag and to our freedom. And I can't wait to be there, guys, November 4th this Saturday. I can't believe it's here already. And, Rita, thank you for all you do in support of our heroes and our brave men and women in uniform all year round. Thank you. You too, my friend. Can't wait to see you. I will see you in Florida in a few days. Thank you, Dave Bray, very much. God bless. God bless you. And again, everybody, check it out. You can go to OCCRoadhouse.com. I'm going to be there. Dave Bray is going to be there and so many others. A huge event supporting our military and these two great, great charities. Um, hope to see you guys all there. And we'll take your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 And I am red, white, and blue. The Rita Cosby Show.
All of you can tell I am very excited about this veterans event, as you just heard, this weekend in Clearwater, Florida. All of you, I know we have a lot of fans of the show that are in that area. I hope that you come on out and check it out again, the OCCRoadhouse.com. It is supporting our veterans and a couple really powerful charities that help veterans in their healing process, which... Boy, do they need it more than ever. So many of the difficult places and the difficult deployments and the fact that recruiting has been down. So those who are in the military right now are so stretched thin, often doing multiple deployments away from home, seeing some very tough stuff in the Middle East. Imagine if you're over there in the Middle East right now or en route to help those folks in Israel. Uh, It is going to be really, really tough, and they will need a lot of help and healing afterwards, too, after they come home and their families, too. So for me, it is such an incredible, incredible honor. And I can't wait to see, hopefully, a whole bunch of you there. Make sure you come on over and shake my hand and let me know that you're fans of the show because it would be so great to meet many of you in person. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice first off uh, in Ohio. Uh, Alice, how are you? Very well. It's a very thought-provoking show, and you're the best, Rita. Thank oh, you so I, much. And yes. you guys are oh. the best, because you know what? You guys are the most patriotic. I truly believe, you know, oh, yes. because uh, that's why we all love each other, because we all care yes. about this country and care about protecting and defending it. Absolutely. We love this country. The first, I have several points. The first thing, go out and vote Tuesday. Vote out the people who aren't helping this country. Vote for people, even if it's not the party that you normally would, you know, would be affiliated with, vote for the people who want change, who want to promote this country. And as for the squad, someone, uh, they're anti-American. Someone needs to tell them to sit down and, and shut up. I, I, can't, I can't believe what they get away with. Well, and, and, and you know why they get away with it, Alice? That, and, and that's why I keep going back to the president, because... The president, he's the head, but he's the head of the Democratic Party. And he goes out there and to his credit, he has said, yeah, look, we are steadfast on Israel. We support Israel. And he has been, you know, repeatedly saying that. So in the next breath, he should say, and I condemn anybody, even if you're a member of Congress, there are some in my own party. He doesn't have to necessarily call him by name, even though I think he should. But he should say, you know, we cannot tolerate this in America. We need to have standards. We need to be protecting and defending good. These people were attacked. Anybody who is espousing pro-Hamas and slamming the Israelis at this time, it, it, to me, it just seems so unseemly. And, and it is so against American interests. And, and listen, there are people out there, as you've probably heard, Alice, Tim Scott, who's running for president, and others have come out and said if people are here that are on visas and they're not really supporting America, deport them. He, that's, that's where he stands. What do you think of that? Oh, I, I totally agree with, with that. Uh, I'm pro-Israel. They're defending themselves. They're, they're this little tiny country, pro-Hamas, you are pro violence and the you cannot the people who did this are monsters and more and more of the atrocities that they did are coming out and on a personal note i had a trip planned for next april the 17th i was going to the holy land i canceled it yesterday we don't know how long this is going to go on no you're right you're right um and it may last a very very long time and and you know alice 
I do hope you get to go to the Holy Land. I went there uh, just a few years ago, um, and it was just unbelievable. I went with two of the most special people in the world to me, and we just had the most amazing, amazing time. And I'm glad we went there when things were peaceful, and it was just a, just so spiritual. I mean, it was unforgettable. So I pray that there will be peace there again and that you can go on your trip. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So happy to hear that somebody has been arrested tied to that vile threat that happened on the public forum tied to Cornell University, basically saying that they wanted to slit the throats of Jewish students at the Jewish center there. I mean, it is so reprehensible and so disgusting, some of the vile comments that were posted, and that just terrified students, so much so that the New York governor stepped in And they had the FBI and state police there. But thank goodness, it looks like they have cracked down. But they need to do more because these examples are happening in so many college campuses across this country where students are just openly speaking anti-Semitically and pro-Hamas. I mean, some of these people are out there. It is shocking to me. I mean, when I was in college, we never would have thought for a, you know, a, a second to go out there and say, hey, pro Hamas. What has happened to college campuses that they have become so downright anti-Semitic, so unrepentant, so unsympathetic, uh, so ignorant? There are so many words I could use to describe them. And this is what Congressman Mike Lawler had to say earlier today about what he's seeing in academia today. Take a listen. This is cut number 17. This is out of control. You have uh, folks who are clearly ignorant uh, of the situation in the Middle East, uh, chanting from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine will be free. Uh, I mean, look, Israel has a right to exist. They have a right to defend themselves. The Jewish people have a right to practice their faith. Uh, and what is happening in college, uh, on college campuses across this country uh, in, in, in response to Hamas's vile, disgusting, barbaric terrorist attack uh, on Israel, the slaughtering of women, children, babies. Uh, It's disturbing. It's disgusting. Uh, And these ignorant students that we have on these college campuses in America uh, need to need to wake up uh, and realize uh, what is actually happening Mm. in the world. I 1,000% agree, and they need to be held accountable. The problem is we're also seeing it from some of their leaders. I mean, that's the shocking part. Some of these teachers are getting in, and there were 100 teachers at Columbia University who signed on to a letter that said uh, that basically, guess what, Uh, Hamas was right. 
and Israel was wrong. It was a, a praising Hamas letter because students who had done that had been condemned. And these teachers said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what do you mean? How could we go after these poor little sweet students who are praising Hamas? And then they all signed on to this letter, about 100 of them. I mean, I feel like maybe I'm living in a different world uh, because I couldn't find 100 friends. I couldn't find one friend who'd sign on to that letter pro-Hamas. Uh, there wouldn't be my friend anymore, that's for sure. But these suddenly they had over 100 people there, and this comes where there are so many threats against Jewish students and Jewish citizens. I mean, this is a really, really scary time. And I think even more frightening in the middle of all this The U.N., which is the agency that is set, of course, to be the arbiter of peace in the world. I couldn't believe this when I heard this today. My jaw dropped because every cycle they have a new person who is head of the Human Rights Forum at the U.N. And it rotates. It's a rotating seat. And I feel like somebody there must have a really good sense of humor at the U.N. because when all this stuff was happening with Libya, um, with Gaddafi and all the uh, attacks that were happening and everything else, guess what, Libya? It was their turn to be on the human rights chair. Uh, China's been on it. Yeah, boy, they're the beacon of human rights. And Russia's been on it. So guess whose turn it is starting this Thursday? Iran. Iran is going to be heading the human rights chair it's the forum there at the un you can't make it up i actually thought it was like a joke like out of the babylon b or anything but no it is reality at the un and the un has time and time again not stood i think recently on the right side of history they recently did a resolution where they come out and this is to condemn hamas you would think it would be Every single state there to zero. I mean, who wouldn't uh, there in their right mind? Hey, who's going to condemn Hamas? Guess what? It was 120 countries would not condemn Hamas. One, two, zero. Wouldn't condemn Hamas. Uh, 14 or 13 of the other countries stood up. I'm happy U.S. did condemn Hamas. Obviously, Israel condemned Hamas. But where are the other countries in the world? What is wrong with these people? Many of the people abstained because they're afraid. Many of them, I guess, think what Hamas did wasn't so bad. And boy, is that troubling because we got a much bigger problem than what's going on in the colleges. We got a problem at the U.N. in U.N. leadership. It was created after World War II to be the peacemaker in the world and to be the one who stands up against good versus evil. And this is what we get. I mean, that is shocking. The body was established. To never forget. And yet here we are years, decades later, and they won't condemn Hamas. For some reason, they're having a really tough time condemning Hamas. And they're saying until you basically demand the immediate release of hostages and until ceasefire and until and until and until all these preconditions, how could we ever condemn Hamas? I mean, this to me is just the definition of insanity. And these are the arbiters in the world of world peace. So I look back at the history of the U.N. And in this last year, they have passed 15 resolutions prior to this, even, by the way, condemning Israel. And they just did another one recently. So let's make it 16. 
of Russia, which clearly is brutalizing Ukraine. Six, six, six they have done of what Russia has done. And one condemnation of Iran and Syria. You have got to be kidding me. This is our U.N. And boy, are we in trouble. And can you imagine if you're Israel tonight, you are getting squeezed because they are getting hit from the north by Hezbollah. Apparently, a whole bunch of Hezbollah rockets have landed in Israel. They're fighting them off. Uh, There are attacks coming from the West Bank, so they're getting that direction. And then in Gaza, they, of course, continue to do rocket fire as Israel is pounding Gaza and trying to take out the terrorists and go after Hamas. So in the middle of all this, they're fighting that war. But Israel also is fighting this propaganda war, this political war that is happening. And just about 24 hours ago, this really powerful moment happened at the U.N., the current ambassador from Israel to the United Nations, Gilad Erdan, was at the U.N., and they were speaking about the fact that this condemnation of Iran uh, wasn't able to pass, which I shouldn't say I'm surprised because the U.N. has just become worthless. I think it's just shocking. So bad that uh, the Czech ambassador, which I'm really proud of, uh, Czechoslovakia, came out today and said, it is time to just pull out of the U.N. It's just so disgusting It has become so, you know, anti-Israeli, anti-American interests, anti-freedom interests. Um, Apparently, the head of the U.N. was mucking it up with the Iranian ambassador when he came on U.S. soil last week. Remember when he came to U.S. soil, came to the U.N., and he blasted America as the big Satan and Israel as the small Satan and said, America, if you dare defend Israel and if they don't stop banging, you know, uh, hitting all the targets in Gaza, well, we're coming for you, which was such a nice message to say on American soil. And then afterwards, the head of the U.N., the security uh, secretary general there was mucking it up. Antonio Gutierrez, huggy kissy with the foreign minister of Iran. What did he say? Great speech. Bravo. I mean, that this is unbelievable. You have no moral compass, UN. You have lost any sense of respect or any sense of mission. And so the Israeli ambassador, Gilad Erdan, was talking about the fact that they couldn't pass a simple resolution condemning terrorists that rape and slaughter women and children. I mean, that's a pretty easy thing to pass. But for some reason, the UN wrestled with it and they didn't pass it. Okay. And so the Israeli ambassador pulls out this yellow star. From the Holocaust era, that is, of course, what the Nazis made all the Jews wear when they were in the ghettos and the concentration camps to label them as Jews. And if you were six years old or older, you had to wear these yellow stars on your uniform. And so the ambassador in this very powerful moment pulls out the yellow star and says, I am going to wear this proudly outside on my clothes. Also, my staff will, too. We are not going to hide. We are not going to be bullied by these threats at college campuses and on the Brooklyn Bridge and at the Grand Central Station. And we're not going to be bullied by this clear bias at the U.N. Take a listen to this really powerful moment and to see him put the yellow star on his uniform, on his jacket. It just it it harkened back, of course, uh, to, I think, the worst era in world history, what we saw uh, during the Holocaust. Uh, But here it is. Here's this powerful moment everybody's talking about. Today, after innocent Jewish babies live, 
this council is still silent. Some member states have learned nothing in the past 80 years. Some of you have forgotten why this body was established. So I will remind you, from this day on, each time you look at me, you will remember what staying silent in the face of evil means. Just like my grandparents and the grandparents of millions of Jews, from now on, my team and I will wear yellow stars. We will wear this star until you condemn the atrocities of Hamas and demand the immediate release of our hostages. Never again is now. Never again is now. What a powerful statement. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, line four. Dom, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, my salute, first of all, to the men in blue that uh, rescued the woman from drowning in her car. And a great interview with Dave Bray. I wish I could be there in Florida to hang out with you guys. I wish you could. You got to fly in, Dom. Come on. Well, I, I've got a bike. I can bike in there. <laughs> Actually, by the way, you would you would do well with the bike because uh, the Orange County <laughs> Choppers are going to be there. They're going to have their bike, so you got to have your bike. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. But I hope they raise a billion dollars. Me know? too. Uh, you know, I have I I would have given my right arm to get admitted to Yale, MIT, Cornell, Columbia, Harvard when I was pursuing a college education way back when America was really a shining city on the hill. So now when I think of these Ivy League institutions, I just want to puke at how much it costs to get a master's degree in AI, artificial ignoramus. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> By the way, I am never going to think of AI the same again because you are right, Dom. I use the word ignorant is so um, appropriate. Some of it is ignorant and maybe I'm a little too harsh. I think I think it's, uh, you know, malfeasance. And I also think it's just it's evil because there are some people out there, Dom, who are making excuses for some of these college students. I've seen a number of people. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, obviously a very successful businessman. He's the presidential candidate, as we know, on the GOP side. Uh, but he came out and I saw his comment was like, you know, well, they're kids. And you know what? Um, you know, yeah, we, they got to be better educated. Obviously, he scolded them. He doesn't agree with them. But he uh, he seemed to think it's just, you know, young kids. I'm sorry. When I was in college, Dom, um, and, and go back to when you were in college, I don't think I ever in a million years would have thought about saying any of these things. Like, to, uh, like to me, they're not just like little kids. I, I think of little kids like people who don't have a mind of their own. They clearly have a mind of their own. It's not too hard to look at the images to see what happened to Israel. All you have to do is sadly look at some of these images for five seconds and you know uh, that it's just despicable. Um, it, it's just, I, I think it's malfeasance, but I will say artificial uh, ignoramus is very appropriate for AI. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just heard from Dom. Now I will never look at AI the the same artificial ignoramus. Uh, That is absolutely perfect for these college students that are out there 
and that are protesting uh, pro-Hamas or anti-Israel, it is abominable. And it's also scary because it comes at a time where the FBI director has talked about this being some of the biggest threat levels he has ever seen, he described, since ISIS. And they are so worried. It also comes at a time with our border, which is wide open and a lot of new numbers coming out, close to 2.5 million migrant encounters this year alone. This year alone, uh, that is absolutely stunning. And a number of people who have been at the border recently have talked about how dangerous and how concerning it is. Well, 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Uh, Phil, your thoughts about all of this. This is a scary time. Well, what's even scarier, reader, uh, in a way, is the fact that all these illegals that have been coming across the border to Texas and other parts of the country, you know, we don't know who they are. They could be Hamas terrorists. They could be just regular people. There's no fear of anything. And what happens is Biden takes full responsibility for this because he must vet these people immediately prior to the going across the border. But there's even one better step. Stop them from coming across Texas. Just won a case where they put barbed wire, they put this razor wire all over the place so these illegals cannot just run into Texas. And the feds, what did the feds do? No, they came down and removed the barbed wire. They, they cut holes in the, in the fencing. And it went to court. The federal judge says, no, the Biden administration cannot do that. They have to leave it because it's on Texas property. That's the first step. You limit the number of people coming in by putting up these, these, these fences. Okay, they're a little bit risky, but they work. And you must vet these people because all we – listen, Rita, we've got thousands of men, young, able-bodied men of military age who are illegals in New York City right now. They're, they're all, over, all over the place. What's going to happen if suddenly a couple of truckloads of guns come into the city and these guys start going – how are the police going to deal with five or 10,000 guys shooting up the city and killing innocent people, including Jews? You know what? And and I I hate to say that. I really deeply worry, Phil. And and I think you and I are both realists. Given the threat level that people, uh, you know, and and the vitriol we hear from people, and some of these attacks even of late that we've seen, and given the open border, given what's happening overseas right now, um, I, I and when you hear the FBI director today, as he was saying that this is definitely the highest threat level that he's seen, you know, in American history in decades. And this is a guy, I use the expression, he lowballs it. He tends to be a little lowball. I actually think that we're headed for some really tough times. And it's just a numbers game. When you have close to 8 to 10 million under this president, 2.5 million this year alone crossing the border, sleeper cells. You and I have talked about the fifth column. Um, I mean, it's just sadly maybe a matter of time, but we have to be on guard. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And on tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Phoenix, Arizona, where two weeks ago at the state capitol in Phoenix, honoring America's veterans, announced that Navajo code talker Thomas 
H. Begay have been selected as one of the Arizona veterans being honored as Grand Marshal of the Phoenix Veterans Day Parade, which will take place appropriately on November 11th. Now, during a an opportunity to meet some of the Grand Marshals, veteran Begay was talking about his moments in World War II as one of the Navajo code talkers. He's approaching, by the way, uh, the age of a centenarian, but he keeps the experience of the code talkers alive by sharing personal stories of defying the odds while he remained a critical element of the war's communication strategy. As the event's first speaker, he said, today is a special day in our attempt to honor the individual veterans being recognized, but really veterans everywhere. Uh, Begay was then encouraged by his eldest son to sing the Marine Corps hymn in Navajo. I love this, which resulted in an applause at its conclusion. How beautiful to see the Navajo code talkers being honored. And I met some of them, by the way, uh, when I was over there in Normandy, France, uh, talking about their role in World War II. It was really, really incredible. By the way, speaking of supporting our heroes, I want to give a big shout out to Operation Warrior Shield. Uh, I was delighted to be the MC and also be honored by this incredible organization. They had a Star Spangled Banner event called Healing for Heroes, supporting our veterans and also first responders on Saturday. Uh, my buddy Jeff Smith, the great photographer, was there at the event and took some amazing, awesome pictures. You can see them online. You can go to at Rita Cosby on my Twitter handle, and I put some of them up there. But he took some great shots uh, of me. Also, Judge Janine was there, uh, former Marine Montel Williams, Mayor Eric Adams, uh, Ed Schloman, who is, of course, head of the event, and so many other people um, who have just done so much to support our veterans and honor first responders. It was First Responders Day also, so it was the perfect time to honor them and also talk about holistic approaches, um, how to help them heal uh, the traumas that so many of the first responders go through, some of the veterans go through, and how to be able to help them heal afterwards holistically, uh, not through medicine and pharmaceuticals and all those other things, uh, but through a whole bunch of holistic approaches. And one of the things they do, they have canine companions. So there's some great shots. If you go and check it out on my Twitter handle, you'll see some great pictures uh, with me and Judge Janine and the little doggies there uh, that are companions to our veterans to help them heal um, and stay with them and just give them love and support. It's just a great organization. So be sure to check it out, everybody, and check out the great pictures that awesome photographer Jeff Smith always does and captured that event so beautifully. Well, we are talking about what's going on in our schools and also what's happening just across the country. This rise of anti-Semitism is just downright disturbing. And we are hearing more and more cases. There was an article that was going to be published at the Yale University newspaper, and they decided not to publish it because they didn't agree with some of the verbiage condemning Hamas and the brutality that they uh, had on the Israelis. I mean, if you see the pictures, it's pretty clear what happened. You see the video. They had their GoPros on. 
yet there are people out there and many students out there that seem to be in denial. They seem to deny what happened on October 7th. They seem to not understand good versus evil. They seem to not understand the impact of their actions when they're carrying signs condemning Israel. Some of them blatantly pro-Hamas, saying they're martyrs. I mean, these people are monsters. Anybody who goes in and slaughters women and children, uh, they're animals. And yet Hamas uh, is being revered in some of these colleges. And even some of these college teachers are also supporting it, too. So we really have to look at ourselves as a society and say, how did this happen? When did this happen? When did they decide that there's something cool about going out there and protesting against Israel or protesting for Hamas? Uh, I mean, to me, this is just abominable. And where is the leadership at some of these colleges saying this should not be happening on our campus? Part of the role, of course, of colleges is education, uh, not to preach ignorance and not to allow hate speech to go unchallenged. And to me, we have to really look at our educational system and really seriously consider a huge overhaul because the list of colleges where there have been these massive protests, it goes on and on and on. I think it's more than 100 names so far, and there's probably many more that we just haven't even heard about. And it is downright frightening and it is downright troubling for future generations. Uh, this is supposed to be the future leadership of America And boy, are we in trouble if that's the case. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line four. Norm, your thoughts. My thoughts are, Rita, um, first of all, I've been wearing a Jewish star lined in yellow that says never again and now for about three years now. It was given to me by my friend Stan Zier. And I, I applaud the Israeli um, whatever, he's a diplomat. I, I, I applaud him for doing that. And I think, you know, I know, Rita, you're half Danish. And it evoked to me that during the Holocaust, the king of Denmark wore a yellow star on his royal vestments in solidarity and resistance to the murder of Jews. And that's why the Danes never backed down and they resisted the Nazis, which I can't say for many of the other Scandinavian countries. By the way, by the way, Norm, I am so glad I knew that history because my mother would always share that story with me and was always so proud of the guts. Here's a small country of Denmark. Um, And you're right. The fact that he did it so publicly. Um, So, Norm, thank you. That's great. Norman, yeah, go ahead, Norm, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's very personal for me because my cousin, Emil Achtel, he was uh, smuggled into in the kinder transport. He was smuggled to Denmark where they placed him with a Danish Gentile family. Now, this is under the Nazi you know, presence that was going on in Denmark. And she raised him as, you know, it was, you know, on the QT, you know, they, they you know, that she raised him. Uh, and uh, he considered her his mother, and then eventually he would make his way to Israel, and he's the son of my cousin Yair, who I've sp- he's, the, he's the father of my cousin Yair, who I've talked about in the past. And anyway, um, yeah, and, he, and his parents were killed in Austria. I mean, they wound up, you know, but he survived, and 
God bless Denmark, they were they were under a lot of pressure and they acted in a humane manner and they never gave in. And, uh, you know, I have family because of that. And so, you know, I, I'm just saying that's that's you know, I just wanted to relate that to you. That is beautiful. And, uh, Norm, Norm, that is so <laughs> unbelievably uh, beautiful and moving. Um, and it shows what, you know, one person can do when they stand up and say never again, uh, as that Danish family clearly did so many years ago in helping your amazing uncle. And like you said, here we are. Uh, here you are, especially. Uh, what a great, great story. And, and it's such a it's such a powerful reminder that something like that, which a lot of people don't realize, is unbelievably courageous because if you had housed, uh, you know, a Jewish citizen or, you know, family or anybody, um, in many cases, it was the death sentence. And I know that even in Poland, you know, my father was feeding uh, Jewish people, Jewish children, others, um, trying to help them in many, many different ways. And they were basically told, if you get caught, uh, it's the end of your whole family. I mean, so that's incredible sacrifice. I'm so proud uh, that you reminded everybody of my other half, my Danish mother, uh, who was born there in Denmark, and she always was so, so happy and so proud of that story and how beautiful that you still wear. You still wear the button now uh, after all this time? Are you still wearing it now? The protests. I wear it when I go to protests. I mean, I've been, I wore them at the anti-mandate rallies, and I wore that. And now I think I'm going to be a little more wearing it, you know, even though, you know, it's it's scary times out there. But, you know, you got to hold your head up and be who you are. You know, I I am what I am and that's it. And you can't you can't hide from it because uh, you just can't. Bravo to you. Norm, you are such a good soul. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And thank you for sharing that really powerful story about your cousin. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much. Let's go to let's go to David. David, your thoughts about all this. Yes, uh, good evening, Rita. Uh, my view regarding the star of David that uh, the ambassador wore uh, is a little bit disappointing to me uh, because him and myself, too, who grew up and uh, was in Israel, uh, in the Israeli Air Force until the age of 25, we, are, we look at, us, uh, at ourselves as a different type of Jew. The Jew that doesn't ask permission if he can defend himself or not. If I speak to somebody from another country, I'd say to them, you have the right to defend yourself. You have as much right on this planet as I do, and not vice versa. We don't ask for permission to defend ourselves, and we don't apologize for it. Bravo. Now, David, let me ask you, where are you from? Were you born there in Israel? Actually, no, I was born in Egypt. We're Jewish. I was born in Egypt, and uh, at the age of 15 months old, my parents had to get out of there because we were kicked out. Right. There are about 800,000 Jews that lived in Arab countries. Yes. And uh, when things turned around and there was the revolution in Egypt, we were kicked out. So we were refugees in Italy for three weeks, and after that, my parents decided to go to Israel. And that's it. We got alive. Have you ever seen refugees that are 75 years refugees? Yeah, that's the losers, the Palestinians. The reason that things are happening with them is they have to look in the mirror. They are victims of their own policies. They are victims of their own hatred. 
that consumes them, and hopefully it will utterly consume them. Let me ask you, David, um, just your thoughts about how important, and listen, I agree with you about uh, eradicating Hamas 1,000%, and anybody who supports Hamas, uh, I definitely agree on, on it is a good versus evil fight. Um, do you wish that other countries would be helping Egypt more? We were talking about the U.N. Um, I mean, Egypt hasn't been allowing people in to come to their countries either. So, you know, I mean, are you frustrated with some of these other countries and also some of the anti-Semitism we've seen here in America? It's shocking to me. It's, it's despicable. And I'm sure you obviously feel the same way. Well, from the from the Egypt or Jordan or Syria or Lebanon, I don't expect anything. So there is no surprise there at all. Regarding what's happening with the anti-Semitism, uh, I've been following the situation on college campuses and universities for about 35 years now. And everything that is happening basically uh, is something that I have been arguing with people over the years. And now it has come to fruition. So uh, with the universities, it's going to have to be a larger project, not only for the donors to consider elsewhere where they're going to put their money. But more than that, something needs to be done about the faculties and the administrations of these universities. They are completely occupied by lunatics, not just left-wing lunatics, by lunatics, complete lunatics. There, There is a need for balance. 60% 60% Democrat, 40% uh, Republicans, conservatives, or, uh, and such. There is no reason in the world why the, why the universities have to have faculties in the 95% that are Democrats and Democrat donors. That eventually shows. And, and by the is, way, David, and by the way, David, too, I would, I would even say, like, Ninety nine percent, not even Democrats. I would even call it like I mean, a lot of them belong to these sort of democratic socialists, uh, the extreme wing, because there have been people like like I'm thinking of, you know, in New York, I'm thinking of uh, Richie Torres, Councilman Richie Torres, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, They have all been really great at standing up um, against so many of these horrible anti-Semitic attacks. And they've been very vocal, and, 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 and I think it's, it's extremely commendable. It's obviously the right thing to do. Um, and yet, um, if you see these college campuses, uh, I feel like a lot of them look a little bit more like uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I mean, it, it is just, it is, uh, there is, I agree with you. There, we have to totally rejigger the education system and put in balance and put in a, a perspective, uh, put in also an understanding of who this country is and what we represent. And also, uh, you know, I, give them a wake up call. I always tell people to, you know, I've traveled a lot around the world. I've been to Egypt. Um, I've been to Syria. You know, I've been to Afghanistan. I've been to Libya. I've been to some, you know, tough spots around the world. And every time I come back, I have tears in my eyes because there is no better country in the world than America. We're not perfect, and we definitely have problems, as we've seen of late. Um, but this is the greatest country in the world. And if those people were protesting uh, right now with a Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, uh, they'd last about five minutes. If they were protesting in Gaza, they'd last about five seconds. You know, and to me... 
we have to really appreciate this country, but we have to instill those values in the next generation. Maybe we need to send them uh, to hang out in Gaza for a month. Uh, and after they wet their pants and cry and say they can't wait to come back, maybe then they'll come back and kiss the soil of America and realize how great this country is and that you do have freedom of speech, but you shouldn't abuse it with hate speech. Um, David, thank you. Uh, what a what a great call. You got a call back again, and it was really great hearing your story, too, um, as well as Norm's, too. Thank you so much, guys. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. mystery what's going on in colleges these days because boy is it a mess and where did we go that we've fallen so far off and some of these colleges and the list keeps coming of how many have had these different protests and again also look at some of the teachers there was the case recently of one of the new york colleges where the teacher was out there saying on videotape I was exhilarated after the Hamas attacks. It was exciting. I mean, these people are so out of touch with reality. And I would love for them to go to David's, uh, go visit uh, Egypt, right, David? You know, you were talking about what you experienced there and why you had to leave. Uh, you know, these people have no clue of uh, the incredible courage of people like you, David, and your family and Norm's family. Uh, and what really goes on in the world, that there is pure evil in this world and that you have to stand up to it. And there needs to be moral clarity. There is no gray. And these students need to be taught right from wrong. And so I think a lot of the problems lies also with the teachers. And I'm happy that people are pulling out money and donors are speaking up. And I'm glad people are saying, oh, I'm not going to hire those people. They're putting them on a list saying, oh, that's not these people are not hireable. I think this really is a turning point moment in this country where right versus wrong uh, need to be very clear. There isn't any gray in this area. Your thoughts, everybody. Let's go to Stan. Line two. Stan, your thoughts about this. I have to take exception to David for a moment. Uh, I'm a Jew and I understand his history. Oh, you've said Democrats 60, Republicans 40. That is not necessarily true. What is true is that Arab foundations over the last 25 years, remember, many of these countries, Qatar, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, send their children here to be educated and have been doing that many for the last 30 years and contribute to the colleges through Arab foundations. And this has been going on for almost 35 years. It ain't necessarily Democrat, Republican. But the point is, when these Arab foundations contribute, money goes around, people are hired, 
and then ideas change. And that should be investigated. You know, that's an interesting point. I, I, I'm I, hearing you. The other thing, you're seeing some of the same people that were out there uh, during some of the Summer of Love 2020. Some of them don't even have a clue why they're out there, but they're holding these signs. We all got to wake up. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.